Hey everybody and welcome to the Sultans of Slam for Sunday, January 17th, 2021. Your host this week, myself, Lee. I am fired up. I was feeling pro wrestling this week and AEW delivered me a dynamite that scratched that itch. And I'm just going to play a little something in the background right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Woo! Give me a hell yeah. Alright. Just a little bit of fun. Uh, I am in a new old podcast setup here uh i've got a new monitor it's feeding back all kinds of electro electric sound like a i listened to this podcast through headphones and i could not pick it up so i think we're okay and i'm gonna stop playing the baltimore now so we don't get some kind of uh copyright strike not that we make money off of this and monetize it in any way and uh come at us i guess tony khan uh, would be the owner of that song now, as Jungle Boy and the Jungle, uh, the Jurassic Express, sorry, uh, now have Tarzan Boy by Baltimore as their entrance music. I popped off so hard for this uh, during this AEW Dynamite, but I digress. Let's get down to reviewing the show. Uh, go check out Public Beta Podcast from this previous week, a fun grab bag of a show. Uh, we'll be wrapping up Cyberpunk 2077 this coming Wednesday, and then two weeks of Game of the Year shenanigans to follow on that show. There's also the huge four-hour-long Pokemon the Main Series uh, conversation to go check out, and of course, previous week's Sultans of Slam. Here I am, writing my own notes, as I promised to do last week, as I promised to do every week, uh, to follow. And if the shows are of this caliber, well, won't be too hard to do. Uh, all right. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. Welcomes JR. New Year's Bash Night 2 is underway. AEW Dynamite for Wednesday, January 13th, 2021, from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. We immediately throw to a promo package for Eddie Kingston and Pac. It details their feud, the return of Pac, the splitting of Eddie's family with the Lucha Bros, and them aligning with Pac thereafter to reform the Death Triangle. Uh, Butcher, Blade, Bunny, and the Lucha Bros are at ringside for this one. Pac aggressive early, sends Eddie outside. Pump kicks to the corner, back in the ring. Eddie weathers the storm, hits a knee drop off the rope. Referee distracted, Bunny rakes Pac's eyes at ringside. Uh, shoulder capture, suplex by Eddie outside. Pac stunned, action heads back into the ring. Pac lit up with chops in the corner, elbow to the head, and Eddie pressed... Uh, presses Pac's face into the ropes. Ref breaks this up, and the men trade shots in the center of the ring. Uh, there should be a term for the center of the ring. Like how the like a rink has center ice. I mean, it's the Canadian in me just used to center ice. It's a nice way to denote it fits nicely in a sentence to be like at, in the middle of the ring. The center ring. So I, I don't care what the word is, and maybe there already exists one. Uh, but, but I do a lot of back in the ring or now in the center of the ring. I just feel that whole thing can be streamlined. I'm open to suggestions. Uh, Eddie takes several kicks to the chest while on his knees. He shoves a taunting Pac away. Eddie catches catches a back fist and another shoulder suplex here on Pac and a near fall on Pac. Eddie, a masterclass in selling here. Great opening match. Eddie climbs the ropes. Uh, Pac dazes him with a kick to the head. Eddie hot dogs for a time before Pac grabs him for an avalanche drop. I didn't put the name of the, the, the move here, so use your imagination. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. This monitor I'm using is, uh, it, quick quick aside, uh, the reason why I don't like using this thing, not only is it a Western Western House Electronics, or so, um, some company that probably doesn't exist due to fire hazard, uh, but the, the screen 
goes outside the reaches of the screen. There's no way to correct this unless uh, you're, I mean, on a laptop you probably could, but you hook video games in this thing, and if there's no way to set your screen uh, size, this thing is always missing 5%. So when I went to maximize my notes there for a second, it cut off everything on the left-hand side. It's good. It's a good pod right here. Complaining about old monitors. Uh, Pac with a bloody chest lays kicks into Eddie, who lays hurting in the corner. Eddie with a massive lariat to an unsuspecting Pac. Uh, two count on Pac here. Eddie limps around, selling his lower back, shoulder, and neck in that order. Pac escapes a slam attempt, positions Eddie for the black arrow, and hits it. And that's curtains one, two, three. Pac defeats Eddie Kingston. Pac's music begins to play as he locks in the brutalizer on Eddie. Butcher Blade and the Lucha Bros enter the ring. They all face off. Lance Archer's music hits. He shuffles quickly to the ring. Eddie and his family retreat. Lance gets in Pac's face. These men have uh, had an uneasy alliance in recent weeks. Jake the Snake is also hanging out. And that's our opening match. Great opening bout here from Eddie Kingston and Pac. Tonight, Darby Allen versus Brian Cage for the TNT Championship. Serena D versus Tay Conti for the NWA Women's Championship. The Elite are in action. Jurassic Express versus FDR. The Waiting Room Baker and Rhodes segment. Uh, and what are Inner Circle's New Year's resolutions? We'll find all this out and more tonight. Chuck Taylor with Orange Cassidy versus Miro with Kip and Penelope. If Chuck loses, he becomes Miro's young boy. Uh, a... a phrase a saying a term that they quickly kind of retconned out of the show after mentioning it here and referring to chuck more simply as his butler which is fine uh and now also you know some comedy can be derived from putting chuck taylor in a but butler's outfit that's what i mean what are we doing here uh miro is uh going to fuck this man i have written down which is a note i do not remember writing but it's in my notes so <laughs> I think this has to do more with just the fucking look of Miro in this match. How fucking jacked he is. Those goddamn traps on this man. Uh, good. Good stuff. Miro looks great. Uh, the bell has barely rung. Miro turns his head, uh, turns his back on Chuck, and Chuck strikes. The brawling men spill to the outside. Chuck tosses Miro into the stage a couple times. Uh, Chuck jumps over the top rope onto Miro at ringside. The announcers remind us Trent is out with a torn peck for several months. Kip and Miro are responsible for this in storyline. Chuck posts Miro, and uh, Diving Foot stomps him at ringside. Orange Cassidy provides a limp high-five to his buddy. Uh, Kip takes out Orange. Chuck takes out Kip from the apron. Back in the ring. See? Back in the ring. At center ice, in the center of the ring. At a at ring apex. I don't know. Uh, Miro with a Samoan drop gets fired up here. Slugs Chuck into the corner. Massive leg lariat. Miro's eyes are open wide. Thrust kick to the jaw. Miro screams... Game over, which is the only part of the gamer gimmick uh, that was on display here with Miro and Kip, and I feel like I was I was seen. I feel like I was heard. That I was just like, leave that shit behind. These these guys are charismatic enough. They don't need that crutch. I will refer to it as. Uh, stomps Chuck and hits the accolade, or whatever it's being called now. Uh, Chuck taps. Miro holds him a while longer. Miro wins by submission, stares down Orange Cassidy at ringside. What you gonna do? Excalibur says Chuck will have a miserable time being Miro's butler for the next month. Miro taunts Cassidy, who is unable to act so badly outpowered and outnumbered here. Dasha backstage with Private Party. She asks them about signing... Uh, Matt Hardy as their manager, or I guess Matt Hardy inversely signing them as his clients. The men cut a pro, uh, short promo before Quinn uh, brings up the 30% cut that Hardy is reportedly taking from them on the contract. Hardy says it's not his fault they didn't read it. Private Party calls him a money-grubbing carny. Matt Hardy is angry, tells them that they were nothing before him. He's the only one that cares about them. Shut up and listen to me. And he ends the interview with Dasha. Uh, I like this dynamic. 
I think this is actually interesting and maybe the most interesting Matt Hardy has been to me in AEW. Uh, that he's 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 there for the results, like he's healing on these guys and and treating them like shit. But ultimately, they know it's it's for the greater good. I, it's interesting. I don't know where it's going uh, or necessarily care overly about Private Party and Matt Hardy. But uh, this I, I at least was intrigued by the angle. The inner circle arrives to a chorus of Judas. Jr. senses a change in Matt Hardy. Tony calls him greedy. Excalibur lets us know the Painmaker shirt Jericho is wearing is available for purchase now. Chris Jericho, who self-admittedly had COVID-19 sometime in September of 2020, by his own accord, uh, continues to have complete nut jobs on his podcast in between incredible episodes where he talks to wrestlers and people from the business. Uh, we will continue to make apologies for Chris Jericho, and let's leave it at that. I don't know what else to say about this guy. He's, he's you know, maybe less controversial than a lot of uh maybe the the top guys the bigger legends uh in in back in the day let's say uh but man are 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 we willing to look the other way on a lot of the stuff Jericho does but at least Jericho doesn't do it in the public eye so much he keeps it he keeps that shit under wraps and I appreciate that and I also appreciate that the man gives tons of money to down uh down and out wrestlers and and good causes as well as all the crazy insane dangerous bullshit that he promotes and, uh, and funds so let's let's just like I said leave it at that some food based humor here Jericho says he and MJF will be tag team champions this year Santana takes immediate offense Chris you handpicked us to be the tag team of the inner circle Sammy speaks up I see what happened here Referring to Jericho, you're a little tag team slut. This gets a huge pop. Uh, references, references Chris's multiple dancing partners in recent weeks. MJF attempts a defense. This fires Sammy up further. Whoa, 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 says Jericho. We're all sexy hooligans. Any one of us can tag together and win the AEW championships. Just like Hagar and Wardlow blew off some steam last week. I think we have a 2v2v2 match for bragging rights and to be known as the official tag team of the inner circle. MJF and Chris, Santana and Ortiz, Sammy and Hagar. Chris Jericho chuckles at this name. Sammy doesn't get the reference. MJF brings the boys in for a round of middle fingers to the camera and this was fantastic top to bottom you get all these talented young and old guys together in the ring and they all play off each other very very well this was fine alex marvez backstage with the dark order evil uno says everything they do going forward is in brody's memory hangman page will tag with the dark order next week Stu pulls hangman in from off screen they grab ass and cuddle for a bit john silver is adorable Alex Reynolds asks the big question, Hangman, when will you tell us if you're joining the Dark Order? Hangman says, uh, stay tuned next week. And the Dark Order rejoices at this. Back from commercial with the alt-rock band uh, Bond theme version... Uh, <laughs> what? Back from commercial with the alt-rock band Bond theme Team Taz vs. Darby and Sting package. Run on sentence much. Uh, yeah. Uh, lots of footage to pull from, as basically they did the same angle on week for four to five weeks. I should add that this is still fine. The only thing wearing on me was the uh, Team Taz repeatedly retreating from Sting, which was getting... It's starting to, to wear on me a bit, but they, they paid it off here and all is forgiven, I guess, ultimately. Dash backstage with the Bucks, Omega, and Callus. They consider doing the elite entrance. Callus says, don't worry about it, and ushers uh, Kenny Omega down the tunnel. As his music starts, uh, Justin Roberts hits a stellar Kenny Omega preamble. North Carolina! It was uh, just perfect. Uh, Omega's music hits, and he shambles to the ring. Callus flanks him. Pillman Jr., Garrison, and Danny Limelight are in the ring. Kenny taunts them. They are ushered out of the ring here. Don Callis takes the microphone from Roberts and excuses him from the ring. Callis says the band is 
back together, introduces your world tag team champions and Kenny Omega's two best friends in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, the Good Brothers! Don Callis looks like he's about to explode with this reveal. Uh, Gallows Anderson appear and enter the ring. We see an inset of the Bucks and Tony Khan backstage. Nobody looking happy. The elite, so to speak, as Excalibur puts it. Teams here against these boys... Uh, which is what we'll call this unit. Uh, Gallows and Anderson look great. I haven't really seen these guys outside of WWE. Uh, that's including New Japan. Just yeah, haven't really followed them uh, unless we're, we're going back with Gallows and like the biscuits and gravy era. Uh, Pillman Jr. should be recognized uh, for rocking that mullet. I need to remind everybody that he has to wear this thing every day. If he goes to the bank, he's he's got a mullet. If he sees his family at Christmas, he's got a mullet, uh, and it's a, and it's a great mullet. It's 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 good. Like it's looks clean ironically a little bit of heat on omega by limelight but he gets a clean tag to anderson who goes to work we head to picture in picture a near fall on anderson as limelight and the boys get some offense in during the break the elite turn the tables a pin uh the elite turn the tables a pin broken up by pillman and limelight lethal boot to garrison from anderson are you following a lot of anderson anderson garrison uh garrison takes a boot from anderson for a near fall. Good Brothers prime Garrison for a finisher. Limelight gets in a tag here and breaks that up. Fires up on Anderson who shuts him down with a spine buster. Magic killer from the Good Brothers and Limelight is pinned by the Elite. In quotations, the Elite. Celebration cut short as Moxley's music hits. Moxley is not afraid of the numbers. He jumps Omega and holds his own against the Good Brothers for a time until they can regroup and uh, overpower him. Moxley takes a brief beatdown. Before the Lucha Bros appear for the save, there's a mutual enemy and respect between Moxley and Phoenix. This makes complete sense that finally Moxley would have some buddies run out for him. Also, uh, Phoenix and uh, was defeated last week by Omega, and Penta was attacked backstage, was he not? Uh, locker room clears out here, all sorts of chaos. Someone is hit with a paradigm shift. Moxley splashes men on the outside, tosses Omega in the ring and pursues him. The Bucks appear to calm him down. Penta and Phoenix slink into the ring and superkick the Bucks. The Good Brothers attack the ring. More chaos ensues. SEU appears. Omega and Callus escape. Anderson and Gallows are seen exiting. Things calm down. Moxley's music plays. I like this, and it's over. Great pull-apart, great invasion angle by Impact, the way that they're handling it here. Don Callis was amazing. The match was fine. Fucking A-plus, boys. Uh, the waiting room with Britt Baker, special guest Cody Rhodes. Britt does a monologue while Reba yucks it up on the couch. They introduce Cody. This appears to be a full set backstage, or like on stage. Uh, here, Cody's theme featuring Snoop Dogg's guest lyrics plays. Britt Baker congratulates Cody on his baby announcement and the Go Big Show which aired. Uh, I have not watched. I do intend to check that out. Uh, <laughs> Britt says she has a surprise second guest and Jade Cargill appears. The, this uh, Jade Cargill uh, is, is, fr is a whole lot of, a whole lot of woman. A uh, bit of a botched delivery here of a classic talk show. Uh, we have a special guest and here they are now from Britt Baker here. I feel feel like that was the what they were maybe going for. Jade Gar uh, Cargill looking jacked as shit. Stands eye to eye with Cody. Calls Jade Cargill does not look like a human being. She looks like uh, someone chiseled a killing machine out of marble here. Uh, a credible threat. I don't know that we've seen her in like a, a, a wrestling gear uh, so far, I don't know what the future is with Jade Cargill here, but in terms of a look, Jesus Christ. Incredible. Uh, calls out Brandy. If she ever returns, she's going to beat that ass. Jade shoves Cody by the face. 
Cody reacts like that's really not necessary. Red Velvet appears, comes in to defend the pregnant Brandy's honor, a head and a half shorter than Jade. They exchange slaps and the brawl begins. Women swarm the set and there's yelling and a pull apart. The set is revealed to be just like to the right of the ramp. A video of Brit washing Rosa's face makeup plays. Then Rosa appears to cut a promo. I don't know if Rosa played a video of her being attacked before her promo, which is an odd choice. Uh, to make, I, I, I lost the thread here a little bit, but a match is set. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa will meet in the ring. Fucking Tarzan Boy by Baltimore starts playing, and I pop off in the kitchen during this. Uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt appear. Jurassic Express, baby. Loving the new music. Is Tony Khan just Googling uh, how to license music? He's just like, what, Tarzan Boys? $12,000 for a year? I can use as many times on TV as I want? I don't know how the fuck any of this works, but that has to be it, right? Like, he went looking for that Brody song and, and how relatively cheap it was to license it and what a boost in production value licensed music is and i know i realize i'm referring to tarzan boy by baltimore from the fucking 80s but still man god damn is there a a song that more fits the babyface team of jurassic express than fucking tarzan boy absolutely incredible okay FTR with Tully Branchard, Tully Branchard, FTR with Tully Blanchard appeared. I don't like Jurassic Express's chances in this match. Marco and Jungle Boy are in action. Marco starts this one off, is bullied by Dax and Cash. Marco, uh, with some momentum, hits a desperate dropkick, Manhattan drop, and an insecurity by Jungle Boy and Marco on Cash. Dax runs in, Jurassic Express is whipped into one another, they stop, just uh, just before, hit a backwards somersault kick, and continue their assault on FDR. At commercial break time, Jungle Boy sets Dax up on the rope. Uh, these are illegal men. Jungle Boy is knocked away, uh, runs up for Hurricane Rana with, for a pin attempt. Cash barely breaks this one up. Dax with a roll-up, grips the trunks, Jungle Boy kicks out. Marco tagged in to fight a dazed Dax Harwood. Harwood powers out of a move, takes off his elbow pad, and levels Marco. The ref scolds Dax for holding Marco's hair. Marco hits a low blow while the ref is distracted. Near fall on Dax. He holds his sore nuts and crawls to the edge of the ring where Marco lies. Ref distracted totally rams Marco into the steel post. Jungle Boy takes offense, is uh, suckered into an assault by Cash at ringside. Marco's sent into the ring alone. FDR hits a big rig for the pin. Great match here from the baby and mama bear members of the Jurassic Express. The right team had to win, and that's FTR. Your main event is still to come with Darby and Cage, but next, Serena Deeb defends the NWA Women's World Women's Championship versus Tay Conti. The Dark Order squad, all smiling faces here as Tay and Anna Jay work their way to the ring. Tay and Jay. Uh, little Tay and Jay. The NWA uh, women's title has that photo, it has an inset photo of the champion on it. I don't know how long this goes back. I don't know if it started before Rosa or if she was the first to implement it. And Deeb is continuing it. As it's presented here in AW, it seems a bit out of context and silly. I just think of like like Macho Man Randy Savage holding a belt with a little picture of him on it. It seems, seems a little silly. Uh, these ladies lock it up. Arm drags Matt wrestling. JR likes this match. Smooth, slick, and defined, he says. Uh, the wrestling, I'm assuming he's referring to. A uh, break in the action. The ladies lock hands. Deep rolls through and applies a wrist lock. In terms of women's matches on AEW and on Dynamite, more consistent matches like this are always welcome. Near fall on Tay Conti. Uh, they uh, trade pins. Conti wor- uh, hits a pump kick right on the button of Deeb and sends her flying over the top rope and into a commercial break. Conti working Deeb over for a near fall. Uh, coming out of the break, Deeb with almost uh, what is it? Deeb with almost a stretch muffler says Excalibur, which made me giggle. Deeb with some submissions and a shot to the ribs of Conti. Deeb applies a rope-assisted hold, has to break on five. Conti with another massive pump kick. Deeb with the detox, or the Deeb-tox? Didn't quite catch 
how much of a play on words we're doing here. Uh, hits it on Conti and pins her. One, two, three. Serena Deeb retains the NWA championship. Well done. Good, good mat. Good women's match. Woo! Next week. The inner circle fights each other. Matt Seidel in top flight will verse Private Hardy. I just co coined that. I wrote it in my notes. I like it. Hardy party is fine. Private Hardy? Now we're... Now we're fucking talking. Little Drake meme. Uh, Page and Dark Order versus TH2 and Chaos Project. Update from Miro and his butler Chuck Taylor. Rose versus Hirsch. John Moxley in action. But now it is time for your main event. Darby Allen defends the TNT Championship versus Brian Cage, the machine. Brian Cage hulks down the tunnel wearing his unrecognized FTW Championship. Uh, the rest of Team Taz makes their way into the ring and we hit a commercial break. Darby Allen sulks his way to the ring. He lays his championship in front of him and has a little sit in the corner. Justin Roberts announces the match. Cage holds the FTW Championship in Justin's face to make sure he doesn't forget to mention it. Justin obliges this pulsing man. Little man versus big man. 102 pounds of muscle separate them. The bell rings and Darby launches himself into Cage. Again outside the ring into the barricade. Darby smashes Cage into the barricade. Heads back into the ring to build momentum. Cage catches him and body drops him outside the ring. And when I say Cage catches him, this is underselling that Darby was diving through the ropes and Cage caught his neck in, in a way that looked safe. Like, I'd let Brian Cage catch my neck like this. Uh, who better than Cage? Uh, exclaims Brian Cage. As he fist bumps Starks and goes to work on Darby Allen. Taz is on commentary, which is always welcome. Uh, Cage lifts uh, Darby over his head and tosses him from the ring onto a table at ringside. Taz sounds genuinely surprised by this spot, as I was. Uh, chuckles to himself at Darby being murdered before his eyes. This looked absolutely incredible, this, uh, this toss onto this table. The, the table exploded. Uh... Like you couldn't, you couldn't rig a table to look this good. Uh, this was Brian Cage lifting a man in the ring, the at ring apex, and uh, tossing him over his head onto a obliterating a table. It looked great. Throw him in the ring and finish him off, Bri, says Taz. Cage hoists a bleeding Darby and carries him all the way up the stairs, tossing him back into the ring from the ramp. Cage lifts Darby by the belt and slams him into the mat. Darby's movements are labored, crawls to the corner. Cage hits a combo, ending in a German suplex. Cage ragdolls Darby around the ring, tossing him into the turnbuckles. It seems inevitable that Brian Cage will win. Taz starts talking about Darby in the past tense. Cage rains blows on Darby's face. A limp Darby lays, sucking air on the mat. The ref is all gloved up. Cage smashes his forearm into Darby and we head to break. A dead Darby manages to kick out at one here coming back from break. Starks and Cage share confused glances with one another. Cage power bombs Darby three times. Darby flips Cage the bird. Cage lifts him and tosses him back, back first onto the ramp. G Darby still defiant here continues to enrage and taunt Cage. Cage to Brett's rope pulls Darby outside of the ring and drops him to the inside. Darby kicks out at one again. Cage doesn't get frustrated. He just continues to murder Darby. Cage grabs the 2,000-pound steel steps, positions them at ringside. On the apron, Cage lifts Darby onto his shoulders. Darby, with some elbows and a dropkick, manages to break free. Cage hangs onto the ropes. Darby bites his hand and sends him flat back onto the steps. Darby coffin drops quickly onto Cage, onto the steel steps. Both men take a break at ringside. Taz struggles to keep his cool as the other announcers put over Darby and his resilience. Back in the ring, Darby with some shots to Cage. Cage gets him in a waistlock. Darby bites Cage, takes off his belt, and uses it to hit a stunner. Ties Cage's legs. I don't understand the legality of of biting and using your belt as long as you do it quickly. Like the ref's not distracted. If it's at the ref's distraction, distraction, uh, discretion to keep the match going, that's fine. Uh, but that's not the rules as we know it because the announcers are are saying, "Hey, why 
Why is he allowed to do this? And at that point, why wouldn't Brian Cage just deck this guy with a chair or something? Code Red, near fall on Cage. Uh, shotgun drop kick for a near fall. Double foot kick. Uh, double, double foot drop kick, sorry, near fall. The ref is distracted. Darby is attacked by Team Taz. Uh, the lights go out and back up very quickly. Sting appears and decks Starks with a baseball bat. Crucifix bomb on Cage. Uh, with Cage's shoulders down for a pin, Darby Allen gets the three count and retains. They cue Darby's music at the chorus here, which is a nice touch. Sting enters the ring and defends the broken TNT champion. Team Taz attends to their downed Ricky Starks on the ramp. Sting stares them out of the arena, and we go off the air. It's a great show. That was a great main event. Darby Allen and Brian Cage were fantastic. Brian Cage got to showcase everything Brian Cage is about, as did Darby Allen. The reason Darby Allen works and the Fiend doesn't work is that the Fiend no cells and feels no pain. Darby Allen feels all the pain that has conditioned himself to keep going, to stay alert, to stay awake. And to keep taking punishment until an opportunity arises. That makes Darby a fantastic babyface in this match. Especially versus big men like Brian Cage. Brian Cage looked a fucking fantastic in this. And uh, it had so much momentum heading into the end. But Darby Allen is the fucking champion. And the reason he is, is his ability to take beatings like this. And, and keep coming at you. Great stuff. Great show. Looking forward to next week's show. And all the matches I ran down. I uh, talked about all the stuff you can listen to on the TOTI network as it were uh including public beta podcast at iceberg podcast is us on twitter lee at tissyiceberg.com is my email address if you want to send us a question topic or anything related to our podcasts uh that we might want to talk about thank you as always for listening we'll be back again next week to talk more pro wrestling and that's the sultans of Slam and walk